0: Dan Bongino. Aiming to stop free speech so the speaker can no longer speak is exclusively a far-left phenomena. The Dan Bongino Show. I'm talking to moderates in the Democratic Party who are actually interested in what's going on, not blind lemmings walking off a cliff into an abyss of stupidity. Get ready to hear the truth about America. The rich did it. Yeah, the rich did it. They lent money to people who bought homes, and the people never paid the money back. Oh, wow. That sounds like a great business plan. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. right, welcome to the Renegade Republic with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well. What's shaking, Dano? You know, I I didn't ask you before, but what's shaking? I'm glad you said that. I was going to say, ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, Dan? I'm not doing too well. I'm a little upset. You know, guys. Well, glad I asked. I really, really <laughs> deeply appreciate my audience. <laughs> but gosh, give me a break. I mean, people on Facebook yesterday, they ha- one guy was complaining about the how I do the pros and cons of an issue. Uh-huh. You know, there are, uh, my boy, Jim, I love this guy, Jim. He's a great guy. He comments yeah. all the time. But he literally in the Facebook comments writes when I was talking about yesterday, the Paris Accords, yeah. which I don't agree with. He's going to pull out of them, Trump, apparently, which is great. The Paris climate deal, I think it's a terrible deal. But I only think it's responsible in my show to give you the what, what people will tell you are the pros and what I think are the cons so you can make a reasonable argument. Jimmy writes a Facebook post. He's like, there are no pros to this. Not at all. What are you talking about? And then in the same post, as he's typing, he goes, oh, sorry, listening to the show. I see you don't agree with it. And there are cons. Thanks. In the same post. <laughs> Guys. And another guy didn't like how I explained the fair tax. He goes, although yeah. it was accurate, listen, that's all I'm here for. That's all I'm here for is to be accurate. I explained the fair tax the way it works. It's a consumption tax. It's what it is. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Now, I love my audience. I just, guys, I'm I'm not responsible to scream and yell about stuff without you leaving the show having learned something. Then what's the point? I mean, I, I do the homework. The whole point of this podcast was I do the homework so you don't have to, you know? That's was the whole point of the show, to give you stuff and the pros and the cons. So when people tell you how great the Paris Accords are, even though they suck, you'll say, well, I've heard that argument before about how great they are on the Dan Bongino show, and this is why that's not great. This is the whole point. <laughs> All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, if you haven't tried their products, you know I, I, I talk about the product on to dusk a lot. But I'm a big weightlifter, love lifting. By, uh, it's my passion in life. If if I had to triage everything, God, family, weightlifting, job, money, everything else, I love it. <laughs> Foundation's one of the best products I ever used. Brickhouse Nutrition makes it. I kid you not. You got to take the mirror test with this stuff. You don't think it works? Do me a favor. Go buy this stuff. It's called Foundation. It's a creatine ATP blend, which will give you that intramuscular depth, and that re- it'll give you these rock-hard muscles, man. I'm telling you, this stuff is amazing. Take the mirror test. Buy the stuff. Go look in the mirror. Take a mental snapshot of what you look like. Take it for seven days. Give it a chance to load. Give it a chance to fill those gas tanks in your muscles. Look at yourself seven days later. This stuff is that good. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. pick up Foundation today. You will not regret it. I get tons and tons of great feedback on this product. Foundation, it's my favorite product. I like Dawn to Dust, but Foundation for me is the ringer. I really enjoy it. Go give it a shot today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Okay, a couple things broke since yesterday. One quick thing I wanted to hit on is a quick update on the Trump-Russia thing. Listen, yeah. folks. You should start to really be worried about this, liberals, because you clearly have been unable to articulate one piece of evidence, a till of evidence, an iota of evidence that there's actually a Trump-Russia thing going on. It's turned into a total conspiracy theory. But something happened yesterday, uh, sorry, a Wednesday, or maybe it was Tuesday night, that flew under the radar. Carter Page, who was a ancillary figure at best in the Trump campaign team. I I don't know the man, but apparently he was trying to get a job. He never got a job. He was never a paid advisor. He was a tangential figure at best to the Trump campaign. Carter Page has some business dealings with Russia. So the bottom line is in order to foster the Trump-Russia conspiracy theory, the Democrats wanted Carter Page to testify in front of a committee. Well, Joe, did you see this? Abruptly, it was a Hmm. Tuesday night or so. All of a sudden, the Democrats on the committee no longer want Carter Page to testify. Hmm. Now, it was mildly at best covered, but folks, you should start asking yourself. Now, Trump, by the way, on Wednesday morning, tweeted about this saying, wait, wait, all of a sudden... the." You don't want Carter Page to testify anymore. Is that because your entire case is falling apart? I mean, that's the gist of what he put in his tweets. You should start asking yourself some very serious questions right now if you're a far left Trump-Russia conspiracy theorist. If this conspiracy is in fact happening and there was collusion between the Trump-Russia campaign, why does Trump keep bringing it up? (laughs) I'm asking you to think, liberals, for two seconds. I know this is hard for you. Drop my pen there. Sorry. I'm asking you to think, I'm trying to be a bit of a happy warrior with this. Please think, do something. Yes, please try to think. If Trump is in such danger of of being exposed as as a Russian colluder, why does he keep bringing it up? Why does he keep tweeting about it? Now, I am not suggesting at all this is a bright political strategy. I don't think it is. I think right now it's time to move on to taxes mm-hmm. and Obamacare, the, 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 you know fixing the tax structure and get rid of Obamacare. I'm not suggesting that this is a good political strategy. I'm telling you strictly as a federal investigator, having interviewed hundreds of guilty people over the years. When guilty people are caught and you have them in the interrogation interview room, I promise you, folks, they will do anything to avoid talking about the crime. What he keeps? Why would he tweet about Carter Page if he really felt that Carter Page had some information about a Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy theory? Why would he do it? Why would he encourage the Democrats on these investigative committees looking into the Trump-Russia thing who now don't want Carter Page to testify? And here's why. I guarantee it. Hmm. It's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger with no cheese or onions or ketchup or anything else. There's nothing there. Also, the Democrats have Trump pinned to the wall in a Trump-Russia collusion thing. They have all this evidence with Carter Page. Now, all of a sudden, they don't want him to testify? And then Trump wants him to? Folks, will you please think? I'm just asking liberal. Not I shouldn't say folks, because you're all pretty good people. Listen, but to the dopes that listen, the liberals, (laughs) you're welcome here, but you're still dopes. Will you please think for a second? Why would this guy keep bringing it up? Listen, he clearly is not the most restrained human being when it comes to Twitter <laughs> usage. But the guy's not dumb. You may think he's dumb. I'm telling you, he's not. He's. I don't. All right, I'm, I'm moving because this is crazy. I, yeah. I really, I can't even. I, I focus so much on this Trump record. it's just it drives me crazy how liberals could be so stupid and they could be such they could be suckered so easily. Um, another uh, story break there on breaking news was jim comey who uh last night uh it broke that comey said he's going to testify that that trump pressured him to stop the investigation. Ladies and gentlemen, put no credence in this at all. Uh, Again, I'm not a Trumpster. I'm not a Trumpkin. I don't worship Trump. Uh, Jim Comey was the FBI director. If Jim Comey believed Trump was trying to obstruct justice, the number one, why did Jim Comey say otherwise under oath in Congress when they asked him specifically in a congressional hearing, have you ever been politically pressured to shut down investigation? What was his answer, Joe? Mm, No, No, because that would be a very big deal. Yep. Okay. So was he lying? guys listen the guy either has credibility and principles or he doesn't so what 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 are we supposed to believe that when he was asked if he was pressured to shut down any investigation he said no when he was lying then or is he lying now when supposedly it broke yesterday in the Washington Examiner that Jim Comey's going to testify that he was pressured to stop an investigation what what is it which one is it? Oh, but he took notes in the office where Trump said he hoped the case would go away. Well, why didn't he report it, Jim Comey? Oh, that's right, because he wasn't fired yet, and he didn't need something to throw back at Trump. Yeah. I, I put no, nothing into that. I would su- strongly suggest you disregard this man's testimony. He is nothing but a glory dog. He has ruined the lives now of two uh, presidential candidates and a president. Donald Trump is a presidential candidate. Hillary Clinton is a presidential candidate, who I think deserved it, by the way, and clearly trying to ruin the life of Donald Trump right now with no evidence to back it up, and it's really pathetic. And sad to watch. Okay. I got a lot to get through. So let's, let's, uh let's bang this out. That's what we used to say we were kids. Bang it out. Bang right. it out. That'd be a total Joe thing. Hey, babe, babe, bang it out. Bang it out, babe. So critical. <laughs> theory. Yeah, I read this story yesterday. It was really troubling. You probably heard about it. This Evergreen State College campus in Washington. Yeah. There was a day of absence where a group of minority students, Uh, they, 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 they called it the day of absence and their demands were that white people leave the campus for the day that you were supposed to leave the college campus. Now, when I read this, I, I have to be honest with you. I thought this was a joke. I, I when I first saw the story a couple of days ago on Tucker Carlson's show at on Fox, I thought it was a joke and a bad one at that. I'm like, what do you mean? You want the white people to leave campus? <laughs> I'm like, is it, I I, I don't understand. Like, Oh, are, seriously, are we back in? Like, is this like reverse Jim Crow? Or I, I don't even understand. Like, how the left which is supposed to be the party of compassion and diversity and tolerance has become the party of reinstituting Jim Crow I mean in now white people must it's just it's it's freaky it was so freaky I thought but it turns out the story's real Yep. now the reason this story became an even bigger story is there's a a white college professor who is not a conservative by the way self-admitted who teaches a science class who said basically you know what i'm going to give you guys a double barrel middle finger in that i'm not leaving my campus i have a class to teach and i'm going to go teach it and i'm not leaving certainly because i'm white that's not going to happen so of course joe what did they do the tolerant liberals showed up and started screaming and yelling and shut down his class to the point where he had to teach the class outside and it's interesting he wrote an op-ed in the wall street journal uh yesterday and i know i couldn't get to it cuz we were packed with breaking news yesterday but and the op-ed he mentions critical theory, and I thought, you know, it, he's doing a little bit of a disservice to the people. And I don't, I don't, I not mean this is a knock. It's a really good piece, but critical theory it could be an op-ed in and of itself. And if you don't understand what critical theory means to the left, it's like not understanding what freedom, liberty, and capitalism means to the right. The entire modern left, Joe, is built on the theories that are bedrocked in critical theory. Now, what is it? Yeah. Critical theory is this idea that if you are part of the white patriarchal male power system, I'm speaking in terms of a leftist now, so be careful folks, the pros and cons people don't like when I do this. I'm trying to give you the perspective of a leftist, that if you're a white, a part of the white patriarchal male power structure in the United States, that, your perception of the world that you have not earned the right basically to talk about. There is no objective reality. Everything you see will be seen through your, your de facto power as a white male with privilege. Okay. So your voice is not to be taken seriously. And I try, and I, this is a big topic. So folks, I'm asking, I'm begging you to stick with me for a second. Cause when you understand this, you will stop asking a lot of questions about the left. Like, why do they do that? Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Why do they want your money? Why do they want to take your health care? It all makes sense, but it's bedrocked in critical theory. So I broke it down into some easy numbers here to make it simple to understand. So critical theory is a way, number one, to get you... One, it's ridiculous. It's utter absurdity. The basic premise of is if I could simplify it down to a talking point, Joe, is that reality isn't reality. Reality depends on who you are. So if you're a white male your your sense of reality means nothing to someone who's a black male because they've experienced the world differently. And you may say, well, okay, well, that makes sense. Really? Does it like Mm -hmm. they will take it as far as to mean like, you know, two plus two doesn't equal four if that math is used to advance the white male power structure. You're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Two plus two is four if you're white or blue or green, you dopes. Critical theories. It's nonsense. It's garbage. But here's what here's what here's the purpose behind it. The left through through Marx and a lot of the creators of this nonsensical, you know, nineteen thirties era theory stuff that has penetrated into the modern left needed to get you to ignore reality, okay? Remember, the goal of the far left, the the, the liberal hacks, Joe, and the status is the power of the state. Now, no one gives up freedom voluntarily. So the only way to get you to run away from capitalism and free markets in a more prosperous country, the one you live in now, and to get you to believe it was it was it was garbage. The only way to do it was to say like, hey, listen, this history has been written by the victors here, and this is an exploitative country. We've taken everything from everyone else. We, We killed and slayed the Indians. Remember, keep forgetting all the good stuff we've done and only pointing out our historical errors. So I underlined it. Point number one, it's a way to get you to ignore the realities of freedom. And the realities of freedom are you live in the most prosperous, beautiful, wonderful country in the history of humankind at the best time to be alive right now. The only way to get you to ignore that is to slowly dismantle that by recreating it and recreating it through, well, the successful people, the white people, and the, the patriarchs of the family— and the, the Christians and all those—they rewrote history. Here's the real history: We killed the Indians, we stole everything. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. They have to rewrite reality. I'm not saying that stuff didn't happen, but rewrite reality. And what what I mean by that is, of course, that all did happen. We absolutely had slavery. We we treated the Indians terribly. Mm-hmm. But every society on earth has had its has had its major failures. It's you have to ignore all the good stuff. So it's they want you to ignore the prosperity of now. Number two. They need to detach you, critical theory, from objective truth. I've said this before. It's a way, to, again, to empower the state is if there's an objective truth out there, God and the family, and if I'm getting complicated, slow me down here. Now you're, an, ab- you're, you're on. Obje- you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. The objective truth is that our rights come from God in the United States. That is a bedrock of being a conservative, a libertarian, and a good Republican. Our rights do not come from the state. They come from God, the capital G O D. The Constitution only enshrines those in a governing system. The government doesn't give you anything. The government just secures what God has given you, freedom. The family does the same thing. It's an objective set of values. At Nuclear family, it's the bedrock of a modern society. A father, a mother, loving children. You know, we don't celebrate sexual promiscuity and divorce and things like that. Those are objective truths. We should not be doing... now. I'm not saying people don't slip. I'm not saying people don't sin and, and do all this other bad stuff and don't right. hurt their own families. What I'm saying is just because they do it doesn't mean the objective truth goes away. So number one, they have to get you to ignore the success of the United States. Number two, they have to detach you from objective truth and get you to believe that the two objective truths, right? family's a good thing. God gives us values. Right. Those things have to be destroyed. Make sense now why critical theory always attacks Christianity, why it always attacks God, why it always attacks objective truths like men and women. There's no men and women. Sexuality is a state of mind. Yeah. If you're a woman, you can think you were a man. Um, no, you can't. If you're a woman, you're a woman. The chromosomal set you have is female. That's the end of it. You can, you can pretend to be something else. And Listen, everybody's got their own issues with that. And Do what you want. But that doesn't change what you are also with the family this constant effort to attack the family you've even seen it in hollywood culture you know movies like uh what was that movie with kevin spacey where you know he's the he's the family guy and all, all of a sudden it's, he's, everything's all dark Oh yeah and yeah american. american something yeah you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about like th- that's what hollywood does they attack the family to make you believe that the objective truth that the family's the bedrock of a strong society has to fall apart I'm going to get to this. You're probably wondering how this relates to the Washington State piece, but I'll get to that in a second. One more final thing in here. Mm -hmm. When you create that vacuum by wiping out God, by attacking God, by attacking the church, all things liberals do all the time, by attacking free speech, by attacking the family, by attacking the very idea that there are two sexes. When you've broken all of that down, you replace that vacuum with the state and the state takes over your money, takes over your health care, and the state tells you what your values are. This has always been the goal of Marxists and the critical theorist people who are real dopes. The guy, the way this ties into the Evergreen College story, and the reason you have to understand all of this is you can't argue with these people. And if you listen to the videos and you watch the videos of the students screaming at the guy who happens to be white, they tell him he has no voice because he can't understand them because he's white. Because in critical theory, again, Joe, you're taught that Mm -hmm. the white patriarchal people have no voice because their voice can't be taken seriously because there's no objective truth and the only objective truth the white patriarchal uh you know uh, power the power players understand is their truth and their truth is only is it's not really truth it's just a way to maintain their power folks this is clearly nonsense okay this is clearly nonsense if you happen to be white you can perfectly understand what pain what love what 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 tr- you know what tragedy feels like, what loss feels like. You are perfectly capable of empathizing with another human being, whether they're black or Asian or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. This is a ridiculous thing. I mean, there, were, you know, listen. The civil rights struggle was fought by people of all races. Who you know, it, and it primarily, obviously, impacted Black America. But there are people who understood this struggle and and sacrificed a lot for this. So the whole purpose of the of the piece that he writes in the op ed, he's like, listen, this all came to a crescendo years ago because he's in the science department, when people in the in the humanities side started embracing this critical theory, and then it became, he says, like a red and blue axis in the college, where the science, the hard science people, couldn't talk to the critical theory side, like the humanities side, because the humanities side of the said don't take those guys seriously look Mm. they're the white patriarchs They nothing they say matters they say two plus two equals four they're just saying that to maintain their power which is really dumb but folks this is why the left right now this is how they justify everything i'll tie this up for you in a neat little bow When the left beats people at rallies, shuts people down on college campuses, and we expect them to feel bad, right? We expect, them like, when conservatives do dumb things, conservatives will generally call other conservatives out. But, like, hey, that was really stupid. Just don't do it. It's because we believe in principles. You know, we force out our own people when they're caught doing drugs. I mean, there was a guy down here in Florida, congressman, got caught buying drugs. No, conservatives didn't defend them. Like, oh, that was a good decision. But a lot of liberals, not all, will defend violence against conservatives. Mm-hmm. Because, Joe, you have to understand, they are critical theory people, these embeds. And they believe that there anything done to fight the white patriarchal power structure in society is The ends justify the means, literally. That there is no, there is no wrong. So beating people up isn't wrong if it breaks down this white male power structure. Mm-hmm. And folks, you think I'm making this up? Google critical theory. I, I, There is nothing I put out in this show that, one, is not relevant to, to uh, the news of the day and to larger ideological fights we should all be fighting. But number two, nothing I put out there is like crap I just threw out of my head. Like, let me make up something for the show today, critical theory. This is real. This is very, and, and, and frankly, I think I'm almost sugarcoating it. These people do, the ends justify the means to them because they don't believe anything a conservative says who is a white patriarch or contributing to the white patriarch. They'll shut Ben Carson down too. It doesn't matter that he's black. No, no, no. He's contributing to the white patriarchal power structure. Nothing you say is worth taking seriously. And that's what led to the blow up on Evergreen, uh, that the Evergreen State campus in Washington. Because they didn't even believe that the science teacher should be taken seriously. Didn't matter that he was a liberal, Joe. It was that he was a white dude and he refused to ev- refuse to evacuate the campus. Right. You mentioned to them, "Hey guys, I thought we fought against segregation and Jim Crow." No, no, no. We're breaking up the white patriarchal power structure. Okay, whatever you guys. You can't talk to them. There is no talking to them. It's it's nonsense. The critical theory stuff is all bunk. All right, we haven't advertised for these folks in a while. I miss them. My Patriot Supply. They're hey. back. We love these guys. Hey, I'm all into preparedness. You know me being a former Secret Service agent. I was telling my sister, who was in town yesterday, she lives in a a tornado zone in Oklahoma City. I'm like, listen, you have got to get some emergency food from Patriot Supplies. These guys are great. They'll ship you a one month supply of emergency food in a really slim plastic case, military grade uh, plastic. You put it in your closet, put it at the bottom, you get rid of it. You don't have to pay attention to it. It's good for 25 years. We hope and they hope you never need it. But the chances are pretty good in 25 years you might. That's sad. I hate to say that, but with all the threats going on right now, it's crazy not to have an emergency food supply. Go to preparewithcr.com. That's preparewithcr.com and go pick up 140 servings of emergency food. Comes in a real slim plastic case. It's available for just 99 bucks. Go check it out, preparewithcr.com. You won't regret it. I have a couple boxes in my closet. You can't even see them. They slide in there real nice, easy to prepare. Just needs water, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go check it out, preparewithcr.com. Pick up your one month supply of emergency food today. Hey, um, Andy McCarthy who is a really terrific, who writes at National Review. He was an old DOJ uh, prosecutor, Department of Justice prosecutor, brought up a point that we'd brought up on the podcast last week, but I just wanted to reinforce it too and just want to close out this Trump-Russia thing. I know it's making everybody sick, but I think it's really important we understand this. I'm going to get into another story after this. Folks, if the Trump-Russia conspiracy theory was was had an element of truth to it, Then McCarthy brought this up. Does the left not realize that this Jared Kushner back channel, alleged back channel to Russia that the Russians proposed for communication, does the left not realize that both of those stories can't be true at the same time? McCarthy brought this up on that Fox News show, The Specialist, and I think we brought it up on the show the other day, Joe. Mm -hmm. How were Trump and Russia colluding if the back channel to communicate regarding the collusion was only proposed in December of 2016, a month before Trump took office and after the election? It doesn't make sense. But the left folks are so stupid. You have to understand this. They are so dumb that they are so eager for clickbait headlines that they don't even realize their entire narrative is falling apart in front of their very eyes. This story makes no sense. It doesn't even pass the smell test. But kudos to McCarthy for bringing it out in front of a national cable news audience. How do you collude to win an election when the back channel to set up the collusion was according to your own story only proposed in December of 2016 and by the way never followed up on. Hmm. That only makes sense to looney tune liberals, desperate, desperate for a controversy that doesn't exist. It's really it's really pathetic, sad stuff. They are masters of clickbaiting. Oh, completely, Joe. It's really it's starting to really get under my skin. Yeah. Hey, uh, one thing about the Paris Accords I didn't mention yesterday, and I uh, I want to applaud a couple of folks out there, McCarthy, one of them who wrote this piece of PJ Media. You know, a while ago we got into this stuff pretty deep about subsidiarity, and I'm not going to dig that deep into it today. But the Paris Accords, the left is going nuts because Trump is is discussing pulling out of uh, all or portion of the Paris Accords, these climate deals. I, I mentioned it yesterday, but one of the reasons the left is losing its mind, folks, is not just it's not really going to have an environmental ramification. As I said yesterday, these Paris Accords don't provide for any real penalties if the United States doesn't reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It's all it's all based on voluntary. It's a voluntary bottom-up type structure. Now, mm-hmm. the reason the left is losing its mind is, we, we used to really dig heavy into this stuff, is the left is into globalism. They don't believe in subsidiarity. The left doesn't believe in local rule. They hate it. They hate local rule. And there's a very simple reason for this. And pay attention. This is another one of those critical theory type moments where when you understand it, you get it. Okay? You'll understand now why the left does destructive things like beat people up because they beat people up because they think you're part of the white patriarchal structure and the ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. And you can't be trusted to speak, so you should be shut down at every opportunity because everything you do will reinforce your power structure. That's critical theory. On the Paris Accords, they believe in globalism, and the reason they love globalism is because you cannot escape, no matter what. You can't escape. They want the largest, most unmanageable bureaucracy possible to govern the United States. That way, you can't escape bad policies. Here's the example I used to use. Conservatives and libertarians believe in the opposite. opposite. They believe in subsidiarity, that all... All governing possible should be done at the most local level possible relevant to that governing. Mm -hmm. So I live in Palm City, Florida. Taxation should be run out of Palm City, Florida. And the reason is that you're more accountable that way. Palm City, Florida, I don't know how many residents we have down here, 20,000. No idea. I haven't even looked it up recently. But if we vote in a Martin County County commissioners, right, in Florida, if we vote them in, your vote is one of, figure half the people vote. So your vote is one of 10,000. It makes a real difference. Mm -hmm. Your petitions and your vote matters. Also, if you don't like what's happening in Martin County, Florida, where I live, you can move. You can move to Okeechobee. You can move to Broward. You can move to Miami-Dade. You can escape it. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. So number one, there's accountability because your vote means more because you're voting in Martin County with only 10,000 people. Your voice means more. Your petitions mean more. Number two, you can escape when you start expanding that power net and that bureaucracy to the state of Florida, then to the United States, and then to a UN Governing Board, and then to the Paris Accords, which governs the whole world, Joe, the left can do things you can never, ever escape from. One, your vote means nothing because you're in a post-constitutional world. I mean, Joe, how can we be in a constitutional world if we're subscribing to international treaties that don't have to abide by our constitution? Nope. So your vote means nothing. No matter who you vote in office, it doesn't matter. We're all going to have to succumb to this global bureaucracy sometime soon. Secondly, you can't escape from it. So when when the left says, say, in Martin County, hey, everybody's going to have to start using um, alcohol, gas in their car or electric, or you're not going to be able to drive in the roads, people are just going to move out of Martin County. They'd say, we're not going to do that. We're in a Republican county, so it wouldn't happen. But imagine something dumb like that happened. They would say, we're not staying here. We're leaving. You can escape. But if that were to happen, Joe, in a globalist endeavor by some UN mandate that the United States signed on to, I got news for you. If it was enforceable. You couldn't escape it anywhere. So as the United States, the point in relation to the Paris Accords is the left is freaking out because as the United States starts to pull out of this globalist agenda Mm -hmm. and back and focus on home, what's happening in the United States, the left realizes that one, elections will matter again because we're voting on people in the United States that are going to legislate on US policies. And number two, there's a way to escape that. And that escape, now you may say, well, I don't want to escape the United States. That's not the point businesses can, not that that's a good thing, folks, but businesses being able to escape a bad business climate if a Democrat comes in and say, ups the corporate tax to like 70% in the United States, businesses can escape and it's the very threat of them leaving that keeps US lawmakers from doing really dumb stuff. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. The minute that global infrastructure Mm -hmm. for taxation exists and they say everybody in the world pays 70%, there is no escape. And the liberals understand that if this starts to fall apart, Paris Accords first, everything else second, Basel, all these other things, international finance regulations, all that other stuff, that all of a sudden their desire for a globalist regime that you can't escape from collapses. La- ladies and gentlemen, you think I'm making this up? You're, I'm telling you, you're out of your mind, not me. I have studied these people forever. They're, everything they do, they do with a purpose. They want. They, there's nothing they want more than to wipe out subsidiarity and local control. They absolutely hate it. Okay. Last story of the day, and I I feel a little bad about this because uh, as a Secret Service agent, I should have went into a little more detail on this Kathy Griffin thing. I talked about the investigative angle, but I didn't go into the legal angle of this thing, not just from a Secret Service perspective, but from a free speech one. And this always bothers me Hmm. because there's a lot of misinformation out there on the cable news channels with talking heads who don't know what they're talking about, who open their mouths and embarrass themselves. And uh, can I be candid for a second here, Joe, with you? Sure. I, I, a while ago, I did an appearance, and I think I may have said this too, and been, and I'm, I'm that's why this has really bothered me, because when you talk about free speech, you're going to hear this all the time. This is in relation to the Kathy Griffin photo, where she had a decapitated, bloody head of Trump. It was disgusting. She was fired. CNN let her go. Um, I saw last night, it uh, looks like a couple of concerts have been canceled now uh sponsors pulled out this squatty potty thing she was which was an interesting (laughs) company to be a sponsor they pulled out she's in a lot of trouble now i discussed yesterday the secret service angle how they handle it but from a legal angle it is a hundred percent protected free speech now i'm bringing this up because free speech has become a hot issue because there was also an incident in portland joe i don't know if you heard about this one but the mayor in portland in response to a disgusting yes. hate crime. Yeah. Did you see this? This guy attacked yeah. two Muslim women. It was just the, the guy's just the demon spawn. Heckler's veto coming up. Uh, yeah. And this this guy. So yeah. what happened is the Portland mayor, exactly. The Portland mayor, there was a, an alt-right uh, rally scheduled and the, uh, the Portland mayor canceled the rally. And his the reason he said he canceled it was because of this violent act by this guy, by the way, who was a Jill Stein supporter. He's not a Trump supporter, which I find kind of odd. But the Portland mayor said something interesting, and it ties into the Kathy Griffin story with the whole free speech motif. He said, well, hate speech is not protected by the First Amendment. And I said, really? Um, That's strange because that's actually not true. (laughs) Um, Folks, number one, no one knows really what hate speech is. Hate speech is, of course, a subjective term. I mean, I think a lot of what the left says is hate speech, but hate speech is absolutely Let me be crystal clear on this. Hate speech is absolutely protected by the First Amendment. It's not morally or ethically the upstanding thing to do. Uh, I'm not suggesting you should engage in it. I don't even know what it is. It depends on what you say, actually. But the Portland mayor is absolutely wrong. So, uh, And the heckler's veto, which Joe is correct, is this idea when violence happens and things like that, that the violence is used as an excuse to shut down future rallies, which Joe is absolutely right. That's exactly what happens here. The hecklers, and in this case, the guy who was violent, who actually engaged in serious violence, shut down future speech. He had a veto over future speech. So Joe is absolutely correct. But I just wanted to give you a quick here to knock this out, because I think I may have said this once on the air, and I'm almost embarrassed about it. I don't know why I let this slip, because I I pride myself on doing my homework. People say with free speech, I'm like, yeah, free speech is protected, but you know you can't yell fire in a movie theater. Folks, that's actually not correct. And I've done a lot of homework on this, because I, I remember that one time I said something like that. And I was really upset at myself. Here is the Supreme Court case, and here is exactly what the First Amendment protect. So you leave the show knowing something if you didn't know about it before. The 1969 case that determines where the limits of free speech go is uh, the Brandenburg versus Ohio case. And this is exactly from the case. It gives you a three-pronged test to determine what can be said and not said and what would be prosecutable and not. Here's the line from the case. That free speech is, is not protected if it's directed towards inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. A little wordy. But what that led to was a three-pronged test. The speech, Joe. So let's say I get up there and say, I think that we should kill this guy right now. Here are the weapons. Everybody take them and go do it. it that speech has to meet these three tests to not be protected it has to there has to be intent there has to be a call for imminence and there has to be a likelihood that it's going to happen so that mm-hmm. example would probably in a court case meet that meet those three tests because one the intent i clearly say say I'm at a speech show and i say joe mm-hmm. every joe and everyone else in the speech take up arms right now and let's go get joe blow we're going to attack him right now so the intent is clearly there right yes the imminence I'm telling you, let's do it right now. Let's go do it. It's at a rally. People are starting to take it seriously. And in likelihood, let's say I start handing out weapons or I say, grow grit your stuff and let's do it. There's a strong likelihood what I mean is actually going to happen. So it has to meet those three that three-pronged test, intent, imminence, and likelihood. So with regards to the Portland mayor, a rally that he hasn't even seen yet, that he cancels proactively calling it hate speech. One, he doesn't even know what the intent was because nobody said anything. Secondly, there can't be any imminence because it didn't happen. And the likelihood they were calling out people to action is because it didn't happen. So the Portland mayor is completely wrong and should be embarrassed. And just with regards to the Kathy Griffin decapitation photo, folks, it's disgusting. It's horrible, but it's not not a crime in any way, shape or form. It's just not. I don't believe the Secret Service is going to prosecute for 871 knowingly and willingly, but on the free speech test was the intent there uh, come on i mean she's an idiot she's really stupid but does anybody think she was really intending on this she doesn't even have the, the balls to do that to, thank god um imminence it wasn't really a call to action on it she didn't really say anything and the likelihood that something was going to happen is pretty slim so i just wanted to do my homework on that and be thorough i feel like i owe you as much all right folks thanks again for tuning in i really appreciate it i will see you all tomorrow you just heard the dan bongino show